So, Calvin, I was pretty shocked to see so much hate for the Grey Jay on our Instagram this past week. What's the deal? Hey, okay. It's not that there's hate for the Grey Jay. It's a, everything surrounding this, um, you know, I, I think I think there's just more to it. And I think people aren't questioning it enough. And I, I just felt like, you know what? Enough is enough. I got I to gotta stand up for what I believe in and what I think is right. So, Grey Jay as Canada's national bird, it just does not jive with you. I think it would be... A national disaster. Oh. So, like, you think this is, like, next-level conspiracy stuff? I just think that they are using this. This is a this is a classic, um, uh, how do I say this? Like, distraction. Wow. You know, I, I feel like they're, like, kind of floating this in front of your face, and they're, something's going on behind the scenes. Wow. Deep stuff, man. Deep stuff. Bird-related, but still. It's still deep. <laughs> Welcome back once again to the Open Road Podcast. My name is Calvin, here with my good friend, Jeremy. Yeah, it's, we're in the same room together. Can same you believe it? It's been a little while, not too long, a couple weeks. Can you handle it? Yeah, we're having a great time. We're right now at uh, Jeremy's annual Christmas party, and this year I finally got the invite, which I'm psyched Whoa, to be dude, here. I'm dude. so psyched to be here. You have had and the... No hard, no hard feelings. <laughs> bygones be bygones. I'm psyched to be here. Happy to be a part of the crowd. Dude, you've had the invite every year, I hope you know. Oh, really? You just live so far away, you've never come. That's true. And you've never RSVP'd, so I was expecting you, and you never showed up. I never not come to things because of how far we live, though. I would only ever not come because we have a previous engagement. Hmm. That's actually one thing I really appreciate about you, Kelly. We always come to you? everything. <laughs> How many times have you driven to the GTA in the last year? I I told you this a little while ago. We're going to figure it out this year. We're going to figure out, we're going to run the numbers. How many times do we do this drive? And I think we drive to the GTA more than the average GTA cottager drives to Muskoka. <laughs> I think we do that <laughs> drive more. That's probably true. I think it's true. Well, this podcast is all about helping you find adventure in the everyday. And one way that I like to find adventure is by building relationships, throwing parties, having people over into my home. And so this year uh, in our communal home with Cole and Janessa, we have thrown an amazing Christmas party. Right now downstairs, we have approximately 50 bodies in this little townhouse, and we are just having a time. At what point will people need to use the uh, second floor of this house? I don't know. I, th I thought it was going to happen like, in an, like 45 minutes ago. I thought, okay, now it's going to happen. People are going to start going downstairs. There's always, there's been people downstairs the whole time. Oh, okay. You never went there. I never went there. Yeah, there was a good posse, about 15 bodies down there, but no one's really used the upstairs yet. Okay. So, yeah, we're two floors right now. So, what's our plan for this week's episode, Calvin? Well, right now, we uh, are having some bodies. We're going to get drag some people from the party, from their conversations, bring them up here to the second floor. Going to try and populate the second floor. Get some get some flow up here. Get some energy. Get yep. some warmth. Yep. And uh, just bring people in. See what they want to say. You know, maybe drop some Christmas wishes. Uh, say some hellos to friends and family. We're just trying to warm up the uh, Christmas season. It's not even December yet. So, this is, in some regards, a bit early to be having a Christmas party. This but is a really early Christmas party. Do you think that was offensive of us? Nope, because guess what? You got like 60 people here. Pretty so good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Work parties start to come in. Christmas, or sorry, family parties start to set in. And uh, those take priority over just general friends, social parties. Yeah, absolutely. So, Calvin, I have a question for you. For you, 
Mm-hmm. Like I'm sitting here as someone who's inviting a lot of people to the party. You're kind of king tonight. Well, in a, in a way, yeah, obviously I'm king. I'm a king. No, but <laughs> in a way, I'm kind of like I'm going to invite a lot of people, and a lot of people are going to come, and a lot yeah. of people aren't going to come. Right. What brought you here today? When you saw the invite come up for this party, were you like, "This is going to be a good time," or "Oh, there's going to be a lot of people who I'm going to have to make small talk with," or like, what was going through your mind hmm. when you said the Enzes are having their Christmas party? We can make it happen. What was going through your mind? Well, Jer, I have um, we have a lot of connections to Southern Ontario. We're both from this area, so I think we spend a lot of time here. We have a lot of friends here. So for me, having a Christmas party like this is great because um, we've, we're kind of coming out of wedding season right now. Ooh, yeah. Where the past few years have been really, really heavy with weddings. And it's nice to just see a lot of that same crowd just get together for a festive party in, uh, toward the end of the year. Which is really great. So we came for uh, the social aspect. I also picked up a tool uh, while I was here um, because you have to make it worth more than uh, just one event for me. You picked up a tool? I picked up a tool, yeah. A used tool for my shop. So What was it? Just another great reason to come down to the GTA. What was the tool? The tool. Oh, it was a, it's a 30, uh, it's a 40 inch lathe. A 40-inch lathe. 40 inch what could lathe. that make? Uh, like put it into perspective for people here. Oh, yeah. A lathe is for uh, turning, wood turning, which is this whole other animal of fine woodworking that I've never had the opportunity to even uh, get into. So I'm super excited about it when this opportunity arose that I could uh, add this into my uh, shop. So wood turning. In my wood mind, turning. you got some wood, and then you turn it, and then you make a like a bulb on it like say like a thing that you have on your banister you can make a scepter for sure a scepter a scepter like absolutely uh, yeah scepter uh yep definitely all the uh, spindles on your uh railing would yep. be turned on a lathe um a big wooden salad bowl would be turned on a lathe really um i don't know what so else? you got a lathe are you excited about it so excited about it i'm really i'm thinking of if i'm gonna have time to crank out some christmas presents perhaps Ooh. might might work out this year very nice. Well, I'm glad that the trip was multifaceted for you. Um, I guess it might be time to start bringing some other folks on on the podcast. What do you think? I think it's about time. So basically, Calvin and I are going to leave the mics open on my podcast studio desk up here, and we have no idea what's going to come out of it. We'll probably realistically do some moderate editing. Jer dropped the announcement a little while ago. There wasn't a whole lot of like people kind of like turned, shuffled, continued their conversations <laughs> as you were saying that. So. I don't. I took that as like people were saying eh, that may be, might be I, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. We're gonna have to kind of get aggressive and sell people on it. Um, maybe we'll bring the keg up here because there <laughs> seems to be quite a little, quite a hover of activity around that keg. Yeah. And I think if we can kind of relocate that strategically. We might get some more uh, numbers and bodies. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening. We hope that this kind of random Christmas episode helps you find a little bit more ed- cheer. Ed- adventure in your everyday and a little bit more cheer. Here, cheers, Calvin. <sighs> okay, our first victim of the night is Jeremy's old university roommate, Aaron. Aaron, do you have a last name? Uh, yeah, my name is Aaron Robertson. Oh, cool. Okay, um, uh, Aaron, real quick, I mean... Jeremy's pretty good at maintaining relationships. How do you uh, find yourself on that factor? You're here tonight. Yeah, I'm definitely at the Christmas party. Um, Jeremy and I have basically been friends since our first year. We've been roommates. Yeah. And uh, throughout the years, we never lived together after our first year. Mm-hmm. But ever since then, we've always tried to keep in touch. And sometimes, like most relationships, it's difficult. But throughout the years, we always try to make an effort to meet up for coffee, meet up for meals, and see each other and check in on how each other are doing. That's the way to do it. 
building those early relationships. Um, you guys have a pretty unique situation as to how you became roommates. Uh, share a little bit about how that came about. Yeah, so it was completely random. Um, we didn't know each other before March break of our grade 12 year. And basically what happened was both of our families decided to go on a cruise ship. And we decided to go on for a March break cruise because we were both high school students. And basically what happened was we met uh, at the ping pong tables because we were on the cruise ship on the cruise ship. Um, never met each other before. And we were doing that classic thing that people do when they travel. And we tried to figure out where each other were from. Nice. And then we basically went down the list and found out that we were both grade 12 university students from Ontario that were applying to Wilfrid Laurier. And both of us didn't know anyone else that was applying to Laurier. So then when we both got our acceptances. We decided to um, put in our residence applications and just see what happened. And let's be roommates. And we became roommates. We became roommates. That is so good. Not knowing. We played ping pong with each other for a few hours. Yeah. And we hung out for a bit on the cruise, but we literally knew nothing else about each other. Even having that like very bare minimum experience with each other, you still had so much more on every other first year roommate situation. Yeah, we kind of clicked from the get-go. And it didn't feel when we moved in that first day that we were strangers or we didn't know each other. Um, it just felt right from the very first day we moved in. I love that. That is one great story of that cruise that you probably will remember for the rest of your life. There is also another very good story about that cruise. Um, do you remember that in full detail? Yeah. So basically what happened was it was kind of a sad story and a weird Lay story. Lay out the... Uh, geographic location for us first so it was a caribbean cruise so we were leaving from miami and we were basically doing a bunch of stops okay okay a bunch of stops in the caribbean and as a cruise on a cruise you can always go up to the top ship and kind of see where you're going okay and jeremy and we're out one night and it didn't look like we were kind of going in a straight line a couple of grade 12ers questioning everything yeah because we were just going around in circles and like when you're going on a cruise you think you're just going from port to port you don't yeah. think that you're going going in circles isn't normal. So basically what happened was we saw that people were going in circles. And then if you look on the TVs, um, it always shows a map of where oh, you're going. Okay, yeah, yeah. And on that map, um, the, it showed the boat going in circles. Yeah. So later on, we basically found out that there was a domestic dispute <laughs> between... On the cruise ship. On the cruise ship. And the man pushed his girlfriend at the time overboard that circling around and around was basically trying to find her in the water that is crazy I, I think i said earlier that's an amazing story that's a terrifying horrible story yeah uh, that is nuts and then basically on the way back i think we were supposed to leave out of fort lauderdale come back to fort lauderdale yeah, yeah. but we ended up going to miami instead oh basically to drop off because they knew who the guy was yeah they had to drop off the guy to the u.s authorities oh because it, that is crazy. As it turns out, you can't uh, push off your girlfriend off a cruise ship. And Even in international away. waters. Even in international waters, you are it's not still allowed illegal. to do that. Yeah. You heard it here. Okay. Oh, that's that's just craziness. Was there kind of a lot of. How did you hear about it? Was it just like gossip going around the ship? It literally was gossip around the ship. And then basically on the way back, they made an announcement because they had to make the unscheduled stop and yeah, they basically yeah. made the announcement of detailing what happened oh. and saying that they were going to drop off someone. Cruise ships are hilarious like that. Um, my in-laws just went on a cruise um, and they went on like a Disney, full-on Disney cruise um, and uh, we, you know, didn't get the invite, which is okay. 
That's harsh. But not that okay. That's real harsh. But uh, they were saying, and so it's their first time. They're not cruisers, but their first time going on like a Disney cruise. And they found out once they got there, like it is a real club for these cruisers. Like there's like people there that are, have been there like five, six, seven years consecutively. And they're like really proud of how many years they've been on the cruise. They decorate their doors with their name. And uh, it's just a real big thing. And uh, cruise life is just funny like that. There's just uh, this culture around it. And uh, if you're in, you're in. Yeah, you definitely start seeing the same people over and over and the same type yeah. of people. Yeah. Anyways, um, well, I'm really glad that that trip went kind of well for you and you were able to meet Jeremy and which brings you here, which is kind of a neat story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, any plans for the rest of the night? Uh, I'm just passing through. So probably meet some new people and catch up with some old friends. Are you leaving soon? Uh, probably, yeah. I've got a long drive ahead of oh, me. Oh, dang. Did you, were you able to park reasonably close? The parking was kind of wild out there. Uh, no. I kind of took a hike and used my phone as a flashlight as I tried to stumble and find it's the a house. great, great way to do it. All right, Aaron. Well, go enjoy the rest of your night. Go uh, help yourself to the keg and some apps out there. Meet some new people. Okay. Good to meet you. Thanks for coming on. Okay. Well, um, one of the major problems with having a, a mega socialite partner is that he is, uh, you know, very distracted by people. He just can't stay focused. And so I'm left to do the show by myself. So I, uh, I grabbed my good friend who's never been mentioned, never been on the podcast before. My good friend, Chad. Finally, he, I'm making my debut here. He's, uh, him and I, we, you know, we've lived together We've lived far from each other. We've lived down the road from each other. And uh, right now we're in the stage where we live really far from each other. So we don't get to see each other a whole lot. But he's here tonight and we just had to have him on. Uh, Now, Chad has a very interesting story that I uh, want him to talk on. He is one of the uh, millions of users that uh, is on the... No, sorry. You used to be on the transit. You don't take transit anymore, though. Uh, actually, I am now in the winter. I am winter months. He takes transit. Transit is just a whole other world that I've the never TTC. experienced. Speak on that for a minute, would you, sir? Well, yeah. So I've uh, listened to your podcast a bit. Uh, typically, listen to it on my commute to work. And uh, over the last, I don't know when you guys launched, about a year ago, right? We're about a year in. Okay. So over the last year, I moved to Toronto, which is the big city here in Ontario, about two and a half, three million people. And I take the transit to work uh, every now and again, every other day. It's typically, I cycle to work. Uh, it's about a 10-minute cycle. Risking or, it all. Yeah, risking it all. Or I'll hop on the streetcar. I went to visit you, this is probably a couple months ago, and you and I, like you live yeah. in the city, but then you and I, we were going to go into, what, what did we do? We just went... We went to uh, the Toronto International Film Oh, Festival. yeah, so we were just going there to check it out. And then we were going to take a... Um, what bus? We were wait- no, we were waiting for the streetcar. We were waiting for the streetcar, and then we were like, "Screw the streetcar!" And then Chad's like, "No, we got to go get my bikes, and we'll just bike in." Yeah. Biking in the city is so fun. I had an absolute <laughs> blast. Risked it all. High really risk. Really did. High risk, low reward. <laughs> so one time, I witnessed a guy uh, coming down. Actually, no, so wrong. One of my buddies witnessed a guy on a Monday morning in a full three-piece suit. Yes. Hauling on south. On a bike. On a bike. Hauling south on a road bike uh, on University Ave in Toronto. And he's probably clipping along 32, 30, 30, maybe 35 kilometers an hour. And That's fast in the pretty, city. Pretty fast in the city. Yeah, because it's downhill on this, on this uh, particular road, like right south, right into the city of Toronto, right towards the water. So this guy 
It's a uh, sewer. <laughs> front tire. <laughs> front tire gets locked into a sewer. Literally does a, a front flip off of his bike. <laughs> Head over in heels. Th- in a three-piece suit on a Monday morning. <laughs> so I haven't witnessed anything like that. I've witnessed a couple of guys... Uh, like peel out and slide into the back of streetcars oh, wow. or uh, one of my colleagues watched somebody smash into the classic, like the back door opening on a taxi or a car and just and a bike getting just doored get, just getting doored. Oh. <laughs> so I've had a couple of close calls, but it's more of an adrenaline rush for me. I'm uh, yep. a bit of an adrenaline junkie, as you know, <laughs> real adrenaline junkie <laughs> when you got to hit the desk for eight and a half yeah, solid exactly. hours. So that's uh, my 15 minutes of fun. Uh, the bike on the commute uh, back and forth but back to transit yeah public uh, transit yeah so i've uh, been listening to the podcast uh, on my commute typically and uh if you're trying to find adventure in your everyday take public transit <laughs> I you love literally it. Uh, like you have absolutely no idea what to expect <laughs> and just sit back and observe <laughs> well i think you can approach it in a couple of ways okay like finding adventure in your everyday could be going on transit and sparking up a conversation with the guy next to you or the gal because it's always fun to observe on transit too because you get on there it's typically in the morning or at night everybody's either half asleep or just wants to get home and hating life and uh trying to spark up a conversation is tough so in a lot of cases people are just buried in their phones (laughs) (laughs) and they're that want to absolutely have nothing to do with anybody around them and then it's a cold day and everybody's jammed in there in the streetcar. It's just miserable. <laughs> boots wet. Yeah, boots wet. Everything's sliding around and like everybody's trying to shuffle for the change to pay the car. And like It just is a complete like adventure in your everyday transit. You got to approach it in that way or it's just a complete. Or else it's just suck. miserable. Yeah. I know. Well, you and I both grew up like not near a big city at all. So like this is a whole new. I always have a blast when I ride public transit because I'm just like so observant as to what's going on and it's just i think it's actually kind of fun i know that would not be the case if i was doing that any more than you know yeah it's something you three times a year i do it (laughs) yeah something you probably get used to and then eventually just hate yeah um so i've been on a streetcar in the last six months that's Uh, kind of your regular go-to a streetcar yeah streetcar typically the annoying thing about a streetcar is uh they move at the speed of traffic okay so like you could like you and i were caught the one night yeah we could 10 minutes for a streetcar yes it's way back and then there's a backlog of a few cars in a row right they get caught in the lights and um so that's always a a bit of a a gamble so sometimes i'll get on a streetcar and it'll be perfect time and i'll take it right to work it'll be 15 or 20 minutes other times i will wait and wait and wait and then at that point i should have just walked to work it's about a 30 minute walk yeah um, whereas cycling's the best option because it's 10 or 10 to 12 minutes to get there. That's um, perfect. But this past year, so back <laughs> to the adventure in the everyday. So I'm getting on the streetcar coming home from work. One what night. month is this? Um, is this in the heart of winter? It's so no, it's actually a rainy day in the summer. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, this, so the streetcar has, uh, two rows. One row has a single uh, single seat. Yep. The other row has doubles. Okay. If you've ever been on it. So I typically try uh, to grab the single seat. As everyone does. As everyone does. So it's always a bit of a rush to get there. So I didn't get it this time and it proved to be a, a good thing. So <laughs> I ended up on the double row on the window side. So I'm as far okay. away from the single seats as possible. You're also trapped. Yes, yeah, so I'm trapped. 
but I uh, I take it longer than most because a lot of people get off it to hop on a subway okay. to take uh, the subway north or south. So I'm on the right-hand side of the streetcar, and uh, about two rows ahead of me, there's this guy, and he's the kind of guy you would you would recognize this kind of guy. He's the kind of guy that's on a job site. Yep. He's. Uh, I love job site guys. <laughs> I absolutely. So you love know who it. I'm talking about. I don't know if you want to explain <laughs> them to your listeners. I'll or... explain a brief story. I was talking about a, a cl- your most unbelievable classic job site guy this week. He has uh, recently been in uh, some sort of trade now, and he was just off of being in the navy for uh, x amount of years, being on a ship for 310 days a year with a full family at home and just the most absurd stories coming out of this guy. Most foul language you've ever heard in your <laughs> life. Anyways, Chad, continue. Yeah, job site guys. So uh, typically if they're not wearing work boots, they're wearing white New Balances. Yes. Because they're a painter. <laughs> that's the, in- or they're, that's, the, or that's they're, the indoor look. Yeah, or they're a drywaller. Yeah. So this guy's got those on. He's got, uh, you know, not mod robes, but maybe dickies. Yep. Like yeah, yeah, pants. yeah. And like a nasty, nasty old sweater black sweater like maybe a volcom or something like back in the days you know like a, a re, it's like, the look yeah it's the, the look. look and then when you're going out you got the caramel uh you know whatever those boots are yeah with the laces undone <laughs> exactly. and then the lunch pail that's right right the lunch pail slash stool yeah so this guy's yeah slash stool. so this guy's uh in the like sitting in the seat and suddenly i hear this splash and i am like I'm like what the frig is going on I look look over and there's this uh, there's this liquid moving up, sloshing <laughs> up the road, sloshing on the left side, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so it turns out that this guy l- threw up this liquid on the on the gr- on the ground of the streetcar. So on the generic floor of the liquid. streetcar, G- it wasn't generic. <laughs> it wasn't vomit either. It was uh, picture. Uh, mm-hmm. Chicken broth? Yeah, chicken broth, but red. <laughs> so like a bloody broth. Chicken broth, but you forgot to drain the blood out of the chicken. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's what we're looking at. It's sloshing up and down the streetcar. So first instinct is like, okay, this guy's sick. Are you okay? And so the guy sitting right behind him, I lock eyes with him because we're all like, everybody's kind of looking around. I lock right. eyes with him and he just gives me that. Whoa! The whoa look. <laughs> I'm sitting here giving the whoa look. Everybody knows what I'm looking at, what you're, uh, what I'm doing here. So the whoa look. And uh, so he asks him. He says, "Hey man, are you okay? You're like, is everything all right?" No response. So head down, head down. No response. Yeah. And uh, so there's the car, like the streetcar, has probably seventy people on it. It's a lot of people. It's a full load. So everybody gets a bit of wind of that, and luckily there wasn't a stench. That's amazing. So that was a, a bonus. Streetcars, well ventilated for yeah. good reason. Yeah, exactly. So no stench, but then um, he asks him, gets no response. We get to the next stop. The guy unloads a whole other, like, bomb, like throws up again. <laughs> a, fu- a full gut load. <laughs> yeah, a full gut load at this point. Oh, my goodness. And it's just the most disgusting image ever. And he's still not responding. And he's just head down between his head, knees. Head down, not responding. And, and it, sorry, is he in one of these double seats or is he in a single chair? He's in the single chair on the left-hand side. Okay, got so it. So I'm as, not as far like uh, away as possible. I'm two rows behind and then on the yeah, wall one on the over. other side. Yeah. Um, so I'm witnessing this pretty closely, but uh, definitely not getting wet feet from the slosh. Okay. 
And uh, so, again, it's like, okay, now this guy, he's not sick. He's just a bit crazy. So he's either drunk or yeah. something. Like, I'm assuming yeah. this guy is drunk. And so then the streetcar driver gets wind of the action that's happening in the yeah. back, as you'd presume. And we get to my stop uh, right in. Uh, yeah, so it's a bit east, like right up. Uh, I'm probably on the car for about 20 minutes by now. Okay. We get to my stop. The streetcar comes. The uh, driver makes an announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, please evacuate the streetcar for cleaning. It's like, yeah, no, duh. Standard practice. <laughs> Standard practice. So everybody has to get off the streetcar. And so this guy still hasn't said anything at this point. And he books it. Just runs So off. he gets off with the crowd. Or like, is he first off? Or he, he just kind of saunters yeah, so off with stopped. everybody? We, so we're getting to the stop. And I think he was planning to get off yeah, anyway. Yeah. So he books it. And I see him running like a full sprint, like just to get out just of there. Just to get out of there. And uh, yeah, and then the announcement comes on and we unload the streetcar and luckily it was my stop. So then I headed home and I was basically walking like uh, I walked the same direction as him. So I followed him and kind of like could see him running. He sprinted for probably, yeah, like half a He's out of there. I honestly, if I'm I'm putting myself in that same situation, if I am that guy, I don't think I would do anything differently. (laughs) I think I'm right there with him. I am just head down. Like these are all strangers. This is the best case scenario. Just shell up and then just book. Yeah, yeah, totally. I always have, like, one of my biggest fears probably is being, like, super, super sick on an airplane. Oh. <laughs> I've heard of stories of people that are just coming back from the Caribbean or, oh, like, like back yeah, on like, 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 like food poisoning. Yeah, and yeah. getting on an oh, airplane. I think that's probably horrible. one of my biggest nightmares. Like, I've heard of nightmares. nightmare stories. Yeah, like, and, like, oh, diarrhea on the airplane. <laughs> Come on. Diarrhea. That is the worst case scenario. Yeah, exactly. So that's uh, that's one of my adventures I've had on the streetcar. That's an amazing. Who knew? Yeah. The, the humble streetcar. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I've got lots of friends, obviously, in the city, too, because uh, I'm a very popular guy. And uh, so. Only being there for a few months, too. It's kind <laughs> yeah. of amazing. And you uh, met Drake. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We're from the six. Um, but everybody has a great, an absolutely great public transit story. It's so good. And with all those people having stories, like if those walls could talk in the streetcar. Yeah, I think you could actually have a podcast on transit. If we, if we could get a driver, that would be unbelievable. Yeah. A driver, maybe like a recently oh. retired driver who's ready to just spill it all. Yes. Doesn't yes. care. How already, the pension already locked in. Yeah. So I've oh. had one uh, streetcar driver tell me one time... Uh, that he was coming, so they'll go both directions, right? So say one's going east and one's coming west. He's had a cyclist with narrow, super, super narrow handlebars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bicycle between the streetcars. So that's a bad, As they're crossing... As like, they're going... Yeah, as, as they're crossing each other. That's amazing. A cyclist biked through them. Well, you've said before, like, guys on the bikes, like, they'll cut down their handlebars so they can fit between cars. Yeah, yeah, totally. So yeah. they'll uh, they'll cut the cars down so they're not taking off uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mirrors off yeah. of cars. And, uh, That's carving. hardcore. Yeah. So. Oh, I love it. Finding adventure in the everyday in the streetcar. You have no excuse if you're living in a city. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's just, I, I love it. I love urban adventure. Yeah. Hey, Josh, welcome to the show. Hey, Jared. Thanks for having me. Um, this is a variety show episode. This is the day after the Christmas party. Um, a good friend of mine, Josh Nizon, s- stopped by on his way through town. And so I thought it would be a good time to uh, just catch up, say hello. When was the last time I saw you? A few years ago. Was it? Has it been years? I, I'm, I'm certain it's been years. 
That's crazy. Uh, and we're still friends? I believe so. Yeah, like it's kind of nice. You just see someone and you just kind of pick up where you left off. Absolutely. Uh, what were you doing in Hamilton over the past couple of days? I was running a, uh, a youth group event yep. in Hamilton. Nice. How'd it go? Really well. How many kids? Uh, just shy of 30. 30? Yeah. Nice. Just got a text. They've all been picked up at their respective homes. So we're. Uh, so you feel good, like you survived the weekend. 100%. And do you get like some sort of bonus for that? Definitely not. No? Uh, well. Maybe next year. That'd be good. Yeah. Uh, one reason I wanted to bring Josh on really quickly, A, because he swung by. B, he's kind of been a bit of a fan of the podcast. Absolutely. Since day one. Since day one. Yeah, he was there. He, Josh, I went to university with Josh. We did a number of creative-ish projects together. And kind of always been kindred spirits and, and friends because of that kind of stuff. And um, Josh has also been a, a, a bit of a crossfitter. How Would you call yourself a bit of a crossfitter or a lot of a crossfitter? I definitely... I. More than a bit, mm-hmm. less than a lot. Five times a week. About that. Six. Sometimes. I've done. I've, I've been known seven? to do a, a two a day. So. Uh, no. Yes. How do you do that? Uh, lots of protein. Yeah, that'll help. Or candy, whatever sort of. And I, yeah, and I think one of the things that people think when you think about CrossFit is that people who do CrossFit talk a lot about CrossFit, and. I kind of told people back in September that I was starting and we really haven't talked much about it. So I feel as though this is kind of an appropriate time to give a bit of an update. You owe it to your listeners. Do you think so? Do you think they actually care about this? Absolutely. That was part of my life? Yes. Um, I was traveling a lot in November and it was really hard to actually do a lot of crossfitting. And um, I kind of fell out of a routine. Do you find you got to be in a routine I think there's there's a piece of routine and there's also a nice piece when I'm traveling that I like to visit a box or a, a CrossFit gym. So they're called boxes. Not to use the the vernacular there, but uh, to visit. Um, just this weekend, I visited my friend's gym, uh, CrossFit Alchemy, in Hamilton um, for a nice little workout on Friday before our event started. And I find when I'm traveling and I'm on the road to contact a gym ahead of time and, and to drop in for a workout, even if it's before uh, something I'm facilitating yep. to uh, to get a bit of a sweat, to sort of clear your head before some work. Do you got to pay for it when you do? Yes. It's so like 20 bucks? About 20 bucks. Yeah. A lot of gyms have a, a sort of trade. You could buy a shirt for 20 or $25 and they'll give you a free class. Ah. So you can take uh, some regalia back to your gym. Do you, and, uh, <laughs> do you typically do that? Grab I, a shirt? I have done that a few times. I did that at a gym, uh, CrossFit Distinction in Cleveland, yeah. uh, CrossFit Mousetrap in Orlando, yep. and most recent. I didn't buy a shirt at Alchemy, but it was a great workout. Hmm. Nice. Speaking of, we kind of always like to link things to adventure, the adventure of the fitness world, and especially CrossFit. There's this massive culture that's built around it, and people like really buy in and find, I think, a lot of meaning and, I guess, community and all these different things in CrossFit. Um, one of those big events that just happened was a CrossFit Invitational. Is that what it was called? It was. And you were at that? I was at Can that. Can you describe what that is and what's the point? The CrossFit Invitational, I think, has happened for a couple years, um, and they bring in the first few times, I believe it was the U.S. against the world, yeah. so one team made up of American CrossFit athletes and one team made up of the miscellaneous rest of the, the rest of the world, <laughs> sort of uh, call it the NBA All-Star Game of the CrossFit world, yep. and since it's it's evolved into a four-team, uh, this last one in Oshawa was Canada, U.S., Pacific, and Europe, Okay, um, so four uh, athletes two male, two female compete from each, in, from each region, yep. um, compete in a series of events in one day, sort of like a, a big sporting event. Cool. Um, and it was in Oshawa. They kept advertising it as Toronto, but just outside they of Toronto. They always do that. 
They always do that. I don't know where they would have had it in actual Toronto. Like the ACC, I feel like would be <laughs> a little bit too big. <laughs> but uh, maybe in a couple of years. It was fun. It was like a, a a cool atmosphere to sort of have a whole room of people cheering on Team Canada, and uh, yeah. we didn't win. Team Europe won, but it was uh, definitely cool to be in a room with that many people who sort of say share the same passion for fitness mm-hmm. um, and this sort of style of fitness and working out. So it was cool. Um, you never, you didn't always do CrossFit. No. Is it the first time you really got really active? Um, I was training in Australia. I was doing some like pretty classic bodybuilding bro split yep. five by five, um, back and buys, chest and tries. Okay. Um, and then some small group training that was, I think the most alike to CrossFit. Yeah. Um, and then when I got back from Australia two years ago, um, I sort of visited and tried yeah. an intro class and, and fell in love with the, uh, the community aspect that you touched on earlier about having a group of people and sort of, it was neat to sort of endure something altogether and uh, then yes. to come out of it on the other side, fitter and, um, and better in that sense. Nice. Um, what would you say has been like the biggest personal, I don't know, transformation or shift that you've seen like in yourself? Like what's been one of the, the biggest benefits for you? Do you mean physically or? Yeah, I don't know. I think there's there's a big piece of it that's mental yeah. um, in a in a long workout or in a, in a tough workout where you um you sort of have to put your head down and do the work. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's a, a very transferable mentality when mm-hmm. you look at your daily life or things that sort of come up in your in your in your life when you you have to really put your head down and do the work um and it's it's i think i start my day with that every single day um mm-hmm. that nothing else can really come close to that in terms of like breaking your body down to build it back up again yeah. um physically and then the mental aspect of that is really powerful too yeah i found that really interesting as i've kind of had weeks where i've been really good at going you start to feel really good in that you're in a groove and then when you kind of fall out of it a little bit like i almost am like sad at myself for losing the mental battle of getting out of bed to get to the gym. It's tough. It's tough to get to, to set, we say like just show up, like you have to go to the gym. You have to yeah. put your shoes on, put your nanos on and yeah, get those and get to the gym. <laughs> uh, that's not a paid uh, endorsement for <laughs> Reebok CrossFit nano shoes, but no, I think there's uh it's, you get into a groove and you, you're going, you know, three three times a week or monday wednesday friday or just on saturdays or you you sort of build up a, a a routine that it's hard to stick but once you once you do that consistently um you feel better yeah that's great i i like that idea of, of working hard and, and grinding through and how applicable that is to all different things and it's kind of you know in a sense why uh, yeah i guess i just like the way that lines up with everyday adventure it's every day trying to think of what's something that i can do today to make it a little more interesting or learn a new skill or push through the mundanity of, of whatever it might be. But uh, any other uh, thoughts or tips on how CrossFit has helped you either find more adventure in your everyday or any cool relationships you've built or any other kind of things that you're thinking of? Yeah, I definitely think there's, there's a piece that can come out of being sort of a more fit individual. And what does that mean in terms of fitness and the things you do outside of the gym sort of, need to have a, a component that is fitness and, and mm. it's less about like going to a bar and having a meal with a friend versus like going for a hike or going to a rock climbing gym or sort of consistently challenging your body in ways that you would 
usually only do in the gym, but looking at fitness as a lifestyle, hmm. um, as an extension of playing sports and being active and, and those pieces of fitness that would really not otherwise be a consistent part of your lifestyle if it wasn't for uh, for CrossFit. Hmm. It gets you to look at other parts of your life a little bit differently. Absolutely. Very interesting. Edit this out. I gave you an in. Every day, the cult of CrossFit. <laughs> Every weekend, the cult of Judaism. <laughs> I'm a big cult guy, though. Yeah. Jewish camp, youth group. People say, like, youth group is culty. Yeah. So is CrossFit. Yeah. But that's, like... The clothing. Yeah, I don't know. Like, see, that's where people find belonging and meaning when they rally around something. Like, that's so... That's so essential to humanity, I think. People who aren't religious but love CrossFit, I'm like, you're religious. You're religious. You just believe in barbells. And exclusively barbells. Do you think that there's a lot... How much in the world of CrossFit... Is there a I don't know. I might use this. I don't know. Okay. Um, How much of CrossFit do you think is like vanity? I don't think a lot. Or you, you think there is? Cause I don't know. Like, it, I think it depends on the personality. There are people who who are obsessed with the number on the board or the score or the yeah. time or the weight. Yeah. Um, and I think in some ways that's very admirable to say, like, I'm getting better. I'm pushing. I'm getting PRs. I'm, I'm lifting more. I'm moving faster. I'm able to control my body weight in ways that I would have never thought imaginable yeah. two years ago. Um, but there's a piece of, of that competition that I think um, is a lot of why CrossFit comes under fire by friends saying like, it's dangerous, you're fatigued and you're moving weight. Like that's not a way to, to do things. Um, but there's, it's, it's a balance between like, how do you, cons- how do you evaluate yourself getting better over time without getting obsessed with the competition and sort of being hmm. obsessed with yourself and your transformation uh, personally, when it is a, a group, it's a shared experience of like getting through these workouts and, and being a better version of yourself. Hmm. Very neat. Very neat. I wonder if there's going to be a time coming soon where the coaches start to like push me a little bit more. Like I would say that I, I don't at the moment like leave it all on the table in a workout. Like you got to do that. Like I work hard. I work hard enough, but like I'm still learning so many of the movements. Well, that's I think a big piece of like getting the technique before yeah. you add the intensity. Yeah. Um, that's like you scale a movement to a, a version that's for you, but you're still, you still don't want to exactly leave it all, all on the table at the risk of your, your health. Yeah. Um, and so that comes with time, I, I would say. Yeah. Um, but you'll get there. If I continue. If you continue. Yeah. Who knows? I know. <laughs> You will continue. Uh, All right. Thanks, Josh. All right, Calvin. End of a weekend. A great weekend hanging out. We kind of did a bit of adventuring here and had a a bit of a random episode, but uh, you're back at the the studio north in Muskoka. I'm here. How how was your drive home? I'm back. It it, it was good. It's nice to be back home. It's nice always to record, too, in in Studio South. Uh, I I love it, you know, being uh, live and in person, but, you know, this is... You know, we're in our element here. Um, yeah. My, my drive home was um, uneventful. Nice. Subpar. Um, yep. It was everything I expected it to, to be. 
Nice. So I, I do want to chat a little bit about the episode that was in a little bit of a weekend recap. But before oh, I do, do that, I also want to yep. chat a little bit about our last week's episode. I rarely listen to our episodes after because uh, A, yep. I lived them, B, I edited them, and then sometimes I'll listen. But this last week I listened because I was like, okay, it was just Calvin and I. Was that interesting? And I kind of wanted to hear right. myself a little bit. Right. And a couple things to note. Okay, go you, ahead. You used the word baluster, and I thought you were meaning banister because I'd never heard of a baluster. Wrong. You. I thought we. I was very clear what what I said. Baluster meant. I know. So a baluster are like the 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 things that go vertical, bottom to top on a staircase, and the banister Take is the it. handrail. Correct. So I had no idea. I'd never heard of a baluster before. So I, I apologize. Okay. I obviously should have known that you and your infinite woodworking expertise knew what you're talking about. Okay. Good. Thank you. Um, the other thing that I noticed, I was like, I said on that episode that my trip to Vancouver and Calgary was a five out of 10 on the adventure scale. You did say that. That That's low. That's sad. And and, and I, and I felt really bad about that listening back because Hmm. I was like, it it actually wasn't that it was actually a really good adventure. So I have no idea what caused me to do the five out of 10, probably because I didn't do a backflip snowboarding or to go skydiving that's probably what i was thinking which is right so so much of an error but a i had uh, a great dinner with an old friend dylan i made time to go visit my in-laws in um in s- south of vancouver and had a, just an excellent dinner with my father-in-law and some amazing conversation with him the next day and i went to one of his uh his meetup groups so he basically hosts yep these things yep. called meetup groups and had some really interesting conversation, met some great people meetups and had a great conversation with people on, on the airplane. So really I would say instead of a five out of 10, I'm going to give it a four out of five. And I just want to make the set the record straight that I had a really nice time out there. Do you think it's fair for you to be judging your own adventure? Yeah, I think so. You think that's fair? I mean, cause now you're flip, maybe next week you'll change your idea again, and maybe it's going to be a ten next week. Well, now you have a, even another week to ponder on it. I feel as though if I keep doing that, all of our listeners will go away because we're just living in the past too much. But I just listened to that. And I said I didn't. I didn't really give that actually a fair shake, and I had some really meaningful and interesting conversations about oh, life, money, housing, all that stuff. I'm really happy for you. I'm really um, glad you got to get that off your chest. Yeah, thank you. I just need I needed to because I uh, I would listen and I felt a little bit convicted. So good. Hey, so we had some fun conversations with uh, random party guests. Um, yeah. Y- now you kind of disappeared for a bit, and I had to you know kind of fend off a lot of people. We did a lot of interviews, and not a lot of them were good. <laughs> <laughs> it's an art, man. Podcasting is an art. It's a real art. It's a skill. Yeah. Um. So no, we got we got a couple good ones in, and I'm and I'm quite happy about that. People seemed really into it, which I was quite happy about. I really liked listening back to the conversation that you had with Aaron, and yep. I, I I was reflecting on that time in my life when I was you know a little bit younger, grade twelve, obviously, and I I I believe I still embodied an adventurous spirit. I was at the ping pong table trying to meet people, and then not only did I meet someone new, but then I found a roommate who I had my first full year of university adventures with. So I thought it was really nice to have him with him on the show and kind of describe that story. And it was kind of like, Oh yeah, Jerry, you've been, you know, trying to meet people and do interesting stuff for a long time. And there's been cool stuff that's happened in your life. So I liked listening back to that. Is that how it works on a cruise when you're a teenager going with your parents? Like, did you go with your sisters at all? Yeah. My sisters were there, but I don't don't really hang out with my sisters that much. Right, right, right. Actually, I think it was only one of my sisters was there, actually. 
But anyways, yeah, and this was like almost fully old people. Like Aaron might have been the only person who was my age on that wow. cruise. And his brothers, but they were a little yeah. little different age. But there were very few young people, so naturally cool. uh You were limited. Yeah, we were pretty limited. You and but Aaron hit it off. That's good. I love the way life works like that sometimes. Really cool. Did he do that story justice with the uh the guy in the domestic? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean this guy that, that, pushed that, that's accurate. Pushed the lady off and we then the next morning we weren't at our destination. We were circling in the middle of the ocean. Circling. And it was interesting because I was bummed out. I was like, man, now I don't get to see X place right today. When really right. that I was then confronted with the fact that wow, somebody died. Someone literally just died someone a was, horrible death. Yeah, someone was murdered and drowned in the middle of the ocean, and I only thought about myself. It was a pretty sobering moment. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, quite introspective. You had, you know, grade 12. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, and One other thing. Uh, what did I want to talk about? Um, you, We were going to talk a little bit about, uh, we, we. you and I have been talking about this quite a bit off uh, off air but uh, you know the show is evolving. Yes, and uh, and we're we're embracing it. We're excited for it, and we're wanting to you know keep um, swing to the next branch that is the podcast world. Mm-hmm. And uh, things are getting shaken up a little bit. Excellent analogy. Yeah, I think Calvin and I we we were talking the other day, and we said, how can we make sure that the content that we're putting out there is fresh, it's engaging, uh, it's more meaningful. Um, I think as we've been getting feedback from different listeners, people enjoy hearing a little bit about our lives. So we're going to keep doing that where we see a little bit of an area for improvement is potentially in some of the ways that we guide conversations with our guests. Yeah. And mainly we, you know, we're, we're pretty self-critical. So, I mean, it's, it's, important for us to learn this craft and to be able to hone uh, a really high quality interview which we don't really have but we're working on it yeah and so one thing that we're thinking of and we're still kind of going to fix this or work on this format a little and if you have suggestions honestly please let us know but we think we kind of want to have each interview structured with kind of three or four questions so starting with what is the adventure you're on um what what is meaningful about it what is one of the most exciting things that has happened? And then what are some of your tips? So yeah. with that, it's a little bit, maybe a little bit less backstory. We're going to try to maybe set up the interviews a little bit better so that we maybe don't need to spend 20 minutes talking about history and things like that. And sometimes that's good and we don't want the interviews to lose personality, but that might be a way to get to the meat a little bit faster. It's no harm in trying out new techniques. And I think if you start with a more meaningful question it'll either lead to more meaningful conversation or um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's a good way to go. Yeah. You're, I, I know you've commented on this before. Um, you, you criticize us on our length of a lot of episodes, which, you know, if we get over an hour, you're, you get nervous and I don't tend to get nervous. I, I actually really enjoy long podcasts yeah. um, because when I, when I plug in, I'm usually just, I can, I have, you know, I, I, I'm okay to not be sure. able to finish an episode in that stint or whatever. But I, I of course, know the it's nice to be able to have a quick little 30-minute or something, which is great for a lot of commuters. But, uh, yeah, I think it's just different styles, and I think we're able to do both. Um, but shorting it down is going to be a cool challenge for us. And uh, just to see if we can get the same amount of value and content in there. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it's about shortening it for the sake of shortening it, but I think it's yes. about 
let's try to get to the heart of what is going on in someone's story a little bit faster and maybe spend more time there and um yeah i don't know yeah i do get i do get nervous at the after that hour mark so if you're a listener and you're like no i can listen mm-hmm. to you guys for for a long time then maybe send that feedback and if you're like yeah you, you know are what? a super fan 30 to 45 minutes would be would be pretty nice so i don't know all right well that's enough about that jer so yeah. you just threw a pretty successful christmas soiree now what's your what are your thoughts after the day it's the day after you threw a big party you had some cleanup to do. Anything interesting, notable, uh, and how would you rate this party? We we are very happy with the, the results of the party. You know, uh, the uh, the polls are coming back, and it was uh, okay. It was a well attended, and b you know pretty good feedback all around. Um, the other hilarious and amazing thing about this party is that all of the the things that you don't want to have happen at a party spills, um, like damage, all of that stuff. Yes. The only people who had spills and damage were Katie and me. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. So none of our guests screwed anything up. What, but I, what did you guys break? Well, we rented some glasses and none of them okay. broke until I was just loading them in the car just now. And a couple broke. There's just one. Just one oh, broke. Okay. Uh, the other thing, and and this is just a funny story and this is in no way to, to, fault, uh, to fault Katie, but she was walking down the stairs and taking some wine down to the basement and okay. it rolled off of where she was carrying it fell smashed on the banister and just dumped all over the carpet full bottle of wine come on red wine red white yes oh, red. Red. Oh. <laughs> oh day after the party cleaning up no spills full bottle on the floor <laughs> that's so, pretty amazing that's horrible i know it's funny so so katie did a great job of cleaning it up and while she was doing the initial uh, damage control i ran to the grocery store which i never knew this you can rent a carpet cleaner I do know that. And then uh, I had no idea. And it's funny because that's actually one thing I want to be better at in my personal life is being more observant. I pass the carpet cleaners every day. They're right at the checkout. And yeah. I never noticed them. So anyways, side note, I went, grabbed a carpet cleaner, and then we cleaned the carpet. looks all good. And we actually cleaned a bunch more carpet in the house, which was not something I expected to do today. But uh, it was all but good. Once you rented the cleaner. Oh, yeah. You got to keep it going. to get your Got to make it worth it. Your, get your money's worth. So that was kind of funny, I thought. Great party. So nice to see so many different friends. And the only people who screwed stuff up was uh, the host. So I think that's all a win all around. That's great. So great. And that's another thing that I was, I was really thinking about. Uh, you know, there were so many great friends here. So many people that I've met over the years and... One big thing that I was thinking about in terms of why adventure is important is that mm-hmm. you make such great memories. And yeah. memories are those really nice things to look back on. And the more adventures you have, the more memories you have. And I I, th- I think I really like memories. That's great, man. And bonding experiences. I, I uh, Yeah, it's great. It's, it's great. I mean, I, I was talking to another um, friend of mine, and it's just kind of cool as... Um, you know, we're kind of getting out of wedding season. It's so. Oh, I think I actually talked about Chad on the podcast with this. Anyways, it's just really cool to be um, to do things like this as we're getting into adulthood more and more. Yeah. And just having these opportunities to get together because, like, there's so many people that I just don't get to see because we just totally everyone's living their own lives. People are moving. People are getting new jobs, and yeah, it's just everyone's busy, right? It's just cool to uh, have you know that uh, community, and then have nights like this where you can just. Um, yeah, reminisce on the good old days and yeah. just live a little bit of nostalgia. Well, and also like 
make some new memories and new friendships. And this is, again, a catalyst for people to either meet new people. Like I had a lot of work friends that met a lot of my camp friends who met a lot of my, you know, other other friends. friends. So it was really nice to have. um, It it gives me a decent amount of satisfaction to connect people who are, uh, you know, who become friends. So I was excited about that. Yeah, I had people recognizing me just with my voice last night. Dude, I heard people like getting autographs from you and like you are Calvin of the Open Road Pod. It was amazing. So, Jer, um, something notable that I was really nervous about, and I've been thinking about this a lot lot lately. Um, Sometimes I'll do, I'll I'll use the example of work. Sometimes I will take on a job and I will commit to the person to do this specific job. And in that moment, I don't even like know how to do it. But I just feel like you just got to commit, pull the trigger, and then you figure it out along the way. Okay. And usually it works out really well because you're forced to learn, learn something or and you have to make it happen. Um, similarly, with this party, um, I thought it would be a lot of fun to bring a keg of beer, mm-hmm. and uh, which was new for me. I, I don't know anything about that. And I was pretty nervous about it, keeping it cold, getting the right stuff. I mean, I was really nervous that it was going to be like completely shaken by the time I got to your house yeah. and warm. And I was really nervous that I got the wrong tap and it was going to explode. And, you know, everyone, people are counting on this keg. Yeah, I, I mean, it's nice to not have to bring, so, in, bring anything to a party. Anyways, I think it was kind of fun and I would absolutely do it again. Yeah, and it was nice because, I mean, people people didn't go crazy, but you didn't have to worry about having a drink. And it was nice to just have something that allowed uh, people just to kind of enjoy freely and responsibly. Thing. And now the only other thing I was nervous about was people not knowing how to use it, but it was like perfect. Like people just went for it and figured it out and it was great. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, that was a good call. And a new skill. That's right. A new skill. New, <laughs> tapping a keg. And there were no keg. It's a good feeling. There were no keg stands at this party. But as I was looking at this tap, it was kind of <laughs> it was kind of grody. And I was like, man... <laughs> I do not want to know where this keg has been because obviously <laughs> typical lore of a kegger is just not a good scene. It's That's true, yeah. If only the uh, the tap could talk. If the tap could talk. It's <laughs> been abused habitually. <laughs> uh. Well, anyways, I think... Uh, I think that should about wrap it up for this uh, this episode. Oh, I think so, yeah. We've got some great stuff. Um, again, not, a, not our typical episode, but I'm, I mean, if anything... I'm having a great time doing it this way and and just shaking it up and doing stuff a bit differently. It's kind of fun for me. Yeah, and American Thanksgiving kind of messed us up for interviews this week, which yeah, is again why we American don't have Yeah, screw you, Thanksgiving. Whoa, 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 dude. You, whoa. Can't say, you can't say screw America right now. They're hurting down there, man. They are hurting. <laughs> this is a, oh, yeah. It's, it's a trying time. It's a heated, heated family time. It's It's a trying time because Donald Trump is the president-elect, and some people don't like that. And other people voted for him, Calvin. Can you believe it? Mm-hmm. Can you stand it? You saying you wouldn't have? Okay. Anyway, let's not get into this. But really, though, <laughs> uh, um, Thanksgiving families getting together. It's it's a time where I mean it gets heated, right? Yeah. And I think just like this, I think this is really going to put people over the edge with you know their weekend conversations and probably some major blowups going on. But you know what? Sometimes it's best just to lay it all out on the table. That's right. See where the turkey falls. Uh, any more tips, things you learned this weekend, Cal, for our, our beloved listeners? I know it's so cheesy, but like meeting new people is fun. 
and it's and it's he, like that's coming from Calvin, the introverted. guy. I know it actually. Yeah, it's 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 it really means something coming from me. Who'd you? Because like, who'd you meet? Just people. Just, just people. you know, they don't get a shout out. <laughs> no, they don't get a shout out. Um, and it, it, it's just good. You just have to do it. You, it's just so important, I think, to meet new people and to I don't know build build new relationships and keep stretching. And yeah, I think it's just gonna go. Um, helps you out in your whole scheme of life. I think it's really important. Excellent. And one thing that I mentioned, I think, a few episodes ago, or I, or maybe on someone else's podcast, was start something that becomes a tradition. It's a great thing. And great it point. is. Great and point. like Calvin says, when people are the, here, there, and everywhere, it's something that pulls people together and something that people look forward to. And even if they can't make it, they like being invited to stuff. And, uh, uh, I thought it was a really nice time with with everybody yesterday, and nice that we could have breakfast again with a smaller group with uh, a group of folks today. Open Road Pod signing off once again. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate your comments and your downloads and your subscriptions. And uh, yeah, stay tuned next week for more uh, great content from your two favorite hosts. Check us out on Instagram, Open Road Pod, uh, www.openroadpod.com. We hope this episode helped you find a little bit more adventure in your everyday. Welcome to the new Open Road Podcast. I'm your host, Tyrone, and I'm joined by co-host Matt Whitaker. And we've taken over for Calvin and Jer. We have terrible news. They died. (laughs) They died hard. (laughs) 